0: You know, this is hilariously good fun in comparison. So, yeah, I've changed, but maybe I was just that sort of whiny, teenager
1: You were, but nobody wanted to tell you, mate.
0: I know, I already knew that. (laughs) I knew it. I deep down knew it. (laughs) So, yes, this is quite, this is a nice antidote to it, which I Mm -hmm. quite like.
2: Yeah. Well, there you go, listeners. Go and check all of those albums out. (laughs) And, um, Probably have a mental breakdown as a result. <laughs> <laughs> music! Movie! Madness! Hello, good evening. Uh, welcome to Movies, Music and Madness, um, the podcast where we uh, each week take a year from time space and delve into its bountiful contents of music and movies. Um... Joining me tonight, as always, we have uh, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Uh,
0: hello, Kia ora.
2: And Ian. Hello. Yeah. He's good. And uh, David. You all right? Hey, good old David. Here he is.
0: Yeah, good old David. <laughs> good <laughs> old David. I'm
3: here, okay? He's, He's, no the old,
0: oldest. He's the oldest of all of us, isn't he? So, yeah, good old David. <laughs>
2: yeah Mm. um so anyway yeah this week we are doing the year 1995 which wasn't a bad year actually in retrospect looking back Mm. um (laughs) some good albums some good movies as well
0: oh yeah hard to choose hard to choose on both fronts Mm, yeah delicious
2: Being as I haven't been able to kind of do a whole lot myself this week, um, kind of had Spotify on earlier. We were a bit of a playlist of 1995's Greatest Hits. Mm -hmm. I have to say, hip-hop ruled in 95. Duff, duff. Oh, my word.
3: Oh, yeah. It
2: was the year of Coolio and TLC, Boys to Men. Mm -hmm. It was all going down with the R&B scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Ian's
3: Ian's favourite Eurodance hip-hop band, 2 Unlimited. Oh, Oh, yeah. Can't forget them. I love that band.
0: (laughs) David loved them as well.
3: And the real McCoy. No limit. (laughs) (laughs) I think David loved them more. He did.
0: He did. Mm. He loved that Hadaway, too, quite a lot.
3: Oh, yeah. Now, this,
0: oh, now you're talking. Actually, Actually guys. What is I, love? Oh, baby, oh, don't hurt me. Yeah, all that Your stuff date. was really
1: breaking out in the 1995, wasn't it? It was all. Yeah. It was yeah, a couple,
0: it in Yeah, it was pretty. It, at times, it was quite bleak, wasn't it? But Damn. for me, I, I had this amazing live album in the middle of the year that um, I got obsessed with and listened to that for Yonks. So that was pretty cool.
1: Two Unlimited Live
0: yeah that's around it Yeah, You're called Pulse yeah all right uh
2: yeah so um we're gonna start tonight with um we'll go mu- music first I think tonight oh yeah music mm-hmm. to make it, it yep sweet it shake it up a bit yeah why not, why not? Shake, shake, shake it like it. a Polaroid picture yeah um oh. so uh David do you want to go first tonight?
3: Oh, I'd love to, mate. I went for something a bit different, something that. So, I looked at what I listened to back in '95, and I was somewhat ashamed
0: <laughs> from some of it. You, you had a lot of fun with it, though. To be fair, yeah, it was a point you, in time, right? So, you smiled and you shared it, and you were really into it. Um,
3: I went for um, now. This is this is an artist, uh, a Kiwi artist that put out a couple of really good songs <clears throat> in the mid-90s around this time. Um, so I went back and had listened to the whole album, which is pretty good. Um, Greg Johnson, you heard of him?
2: Yes, indeed. send him live. Have you? No. It was Never my first of. gig in New Zealand. Right. Yeah.
3: Really? When was that?
2: Yeah. Oh, 2008, okay. probably. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. So a little, a little bit, bit after. So this is obviously 95, and... He puts out, um, he's, this is his third studio album, Greg Johnson, an Auckland um, uh, Muzo who uh, kind of made it big with this album. called It's called Vine Street Stories. Um, and this was, um, actually, you know, he had a song called Isabel a few, a few years before, which I think made the charts. But this album really put him on the map. He's now based in the States, has been since the early 2000s. Um, and he's still recording. He's in his late 50s, I'd say. But yeah, Greg Johnson's, um, he's a bit of a poet type. He's quite folky. You might hear one or two of his songs on the radio, but a lot of it's a bit too alternative, I think, for um, for mainstream. So um, here you go. I'll put on first track, and it's called Don't Wait Another Day. See if you've heard this one.
4: myself that the fiction is flowing shaking not stirred You ought to pour me one too Cause I've got the news She's still got a soft spot for you Don't wait another day Don't wait another May not come again this way
3: This is um quite wistful very chill very easy listening um kind of like the whole album really uh this is the th- third track yeah third track um don't wait another day oh uh, yeah that's the song that caught my attention back in the day um yeah when it came out it's a
1: mashup of manic monday and uh <laughs> put All on New my Memphis.
3: blue sweet shoes
2: yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Love it. There's a, there's a bit
3: of Deacon Blue thrown in there as well. A yeah, lot of way there. there is some Deacon Blue in there. I, okay. Yeah, and they were they were around this time, weren't they? Mm-hmm. I um, recognise that song now. You've played it. You? Yeah, been many years.
1: Yeah. yeah, I do. That little, yeah,
3: yeah. It's like sort of that little piano riff through it that just um, catches you, and it's a nice little hook. Um, uh, he, yeah, the album's fairly much of the same. There's a few more upbeat tunes. You stay out of you, your life, and I'll stay out of mine. Which is quite cool. Um, so a quirky little tune, a bit more upbeat that has some interesting lyrics, and um I'll play a little bit of it now. This is actually straight after the next song on the album, track four. So it's my two picks for the album. The album's um Vine Street Stories came out in '95, and is track number four.
4: You remind me of a guy I saw waving a 12 gig shotgun up the end of my street. And it's funny when you end up talking to people all standing, all waiting in line. And I saw you talk to
3: of your life and i'll stay out of mine <laughs> cool little track love it love it that's that's awesome
1: i'm gonna to listen to that album
3: yeah very kind of got a bit of a folk pop type mm. vibe to it but yeah greg johnson um like i said I a couple of tracks that really stood out in the mid 90s and went and checked out the album and it's pretty good um easy listening nothing that's gonna you know it's not gonna blow your socks off but she's um she's all good so that was my pick. It sounds a bit Paul kelly eh? Totally, absolutely, yep. yeah. Good call. I yeah, li- I
1: like right. that sound. Across Paul Kelly pitch. and the Coloured Girls when he was, yeah, that's kind of, that was, yeah, that's
3: cool. I've got a soft spot for that sort of. I've got music. a Blu-ray with Paul Kelly and Neil Finn. I think, yeah, they did a. Um, oh, nice. They did a gig together a few years back.
1: Yeah.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Martin. Way back to you, mate. Cheers. Thanks for that, David. Um. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go next. Why not? I'm here. (laughs) Might as well do something. (laughs) Yeah, while while your best still allows you to while I still can talk, yeah. Um yeah. So um I've gone with a Scottish band this week. Um I've gone with Delomitri, who um kind of a bit of an odd band really, because they didn't really kind of fit in on the scene around ninety-five. They weren't really a well all the other kind of pop bands were starting to get into like tracksuits with like Burberry and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the names and like FIFA and Adidas and stuff on the tracksuits. They weren't right, in that scene. Right, mate. Um, and um, they wrote really melodic pop rock songs. Very much in that kind on of, a kind of parallel really with like Crowded House and there's a bit of Tom Petty in there and a bit of Wilco in there as well. Um, Kind of very kind of melodic. Um, They're really, really good, strong uh, songwriters. And um, this album was their third album, and it's called Twisted. Um, And it had a slightly heavier kind of guitar-y sound to it. They kind of tapped in a little bit to kind of grunge, I think. Um, Although you wouldn't know from the songs I'm going to play today. Um, It also had their biggest hit on it which was a song called Roll To Me, um, which actually made top 10 in the States um, on the billboard. Um, It's a song that the band themselves kind of (laughs) hate because they saw it as like a real throwaway (laughs) pop song. Um, And uh, I didn't really rate it very much. But yeah, you know, that's how it goes. Right. But it is very, very catchy. Um, So this is a bit of a roll to me.
5: is there something wrong and you can't put your finger on it right then roll to me and i don't think i have ever seen a soul song It Won't
4: stop
0: raining, it's the right time to roll to me. I always thought he was, I always thought he was saying the wrong me,
1: and so did I.
0: Voice. Yeah. It's, it's not it's the a wrong mistaken lyric yeah it is yeah because yeah. I'm like I don't wrong me and it's like yeah. roll to me no I didn't like that
1: and the roll to me
0: yeah all right so
2: for me that song's kind of beatly I get a real Beatles vibe out of it that is. it's got that kind of and in fact it's, it's really short as well it's only two minutes 12 seconds long um and um yeah it's just got that really kind of hooky chorus with a bit of a harmony thing going on very badly kind of harmony stuff were going go. in there as well totally. and it's totally. just like a really cute little pop song really i really
3: it's got a no. nice sorry sorry okay. dave No, no, you go no no you fire away me uh i was just gonna say it could be a contender for one of those songs that you know but you have no idea who sings it or wrote yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> and it's got so, a, I, it's got a, totally it's got crazy. a
1: really neat middle eight in it yeah or chorus is it pre-chorus i'm not sure yeah it's nice yeah some few hmm. chords in there not a three chord, yeah. I'd say
2: and as I say I think like the band's strength really was it in the songwriting um they just wrote some really hooky songs um and as I say like I find the comparisons like crowded house like very um yeah I, I definitely kind of get that parallel um yeah and as i say because they didn't kind of really fit into the scene at the time they kind of got overlooked quite a bit and the press in the uk hated them because they, yeah. you know they weren't Britpop. pop um but um you know they they did really well and, and were quite successful and as i say top 10 single in the states not to be sniffed at um so the second one i'm going to play for you tonight is called here and now uh, which was also a big hit for them in the uk um, and it sounds like this
5: Hill the sea. Did I tell you the sound of the sea? May strange things happen to me. I
2: don't mind. Here, we go, here and now. Um Yeah, they just have a real catchy, cool, laid back kind of sound. Um Yeah, I got into them when this album came out, they'd done like a couple of albums previous to this and they had like a couple of big hits in the UK prior to it. But this was the one that kind of like really hooked me in. Um, and um, yeah, I, I can remember playing it heaps. Um, definitely. I remember I had it on cassette to start with and I think I wore it out <laughs> and, so, and then upgraded onto CD. But um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great songwriter's album to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it's one I kind of like yeah, definitely put up there. Um, so that's my pick for 95.
1: Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. Um, Ian, you want to go for us? Yeah, I sure do. Hello, listeners. It's Ian here. And I was uh, really stoked with my album choice because uh, I put it as one of my probably one of my top 10 album faves. Maybe in the top 20, but I'd I'd go top 10, I reckon. And uh, interesting story how it came about because I used to run a jam night in the UK every Thursday and a guy used to come in every Thursday and he was drunk and he used to roll up to the stage and go, can I sing? And I used to think, oh, this guy again. And uh, anyway, I got to know him over the course of seven years. And he still asked for that song every Thursday for seven years, probably. Anyway, his name was Tan, and uh, yeah, complete hard bastard. You wouldn't argue with him. But uh, so he used to do this, and it was he used to crucify the song. And one day I actually decided to, um, cause he used to come with a piece of paper with the chords written down. Nobody knew the song <laughs> one day. I, yeah, one day I decided to actually listen to it on YouTube and learn it. And, uh, after listening to it, I thought, what, an amazing song. And, uh, then I decided to, uh, talk to him after I'd learned the song. And, uh, he said to me, oh, it's a fantastic album and i thought mm, you know the guy's always a bit pissed and you know people talk a lot of rubbish when they're like that but i checked out the album and here it is one of my top 10 so i'll give you a little introduction guys uh it's paul weller the album's called stanley road and this is the song that Tarn could never quite nail
0: That's yeah. good, man. You like that. You I like, like that. I like that. Um <laughs> I like that electric. Is that a Rhodes um piano in there? And yeah. then that organ that comes in at the end. Oh mate, <laughs> I've never heard that. Hey, uh, yeah. Wow. But yeah. is that it's that northern soul, is it? Wow,
1: well, I think that's Paul Weller's kind close, of roots, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It
0: Damn. That is yeah. good. That that's, is good. I'm totally good. surprised. It's a great album,
2: and the one before it was awesome as well, Wildwood, Um, both brilliant
1: albums, albums. yeah. Tarn knew a thing or two, uh, eh? Tarn in his drunk state knew a thing or two. And um, the the album, I mean, if you're just listening to our podcast now, and uh, if you want a cool album, please go and buy Stanley Road by Paul Weller because you will not be disappointed Every song on that album, I guarantee you, is cracking. It's a, a really great album. And is it of a selection?
0: Does it yeah. follow a similar sort of sound all across it or? No,
1: no no ah, he it, interesting. It, There's a little bit of a variation? It's uh, he does a really nice uh cover of Doctor John's Gilded Splinters, um, which is in his own style, it's got that kind of northern soul feel because I think that's the band he's got at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's there is a little variation on there. <clears throat> um, Stanley Road is the street where he grew up, and I just think Paul Weller. I've never been a massive Paul Weller fan, but mm, no, nah. no, but I, I like the I... style council, you know.
0: He's had a real good career though, hasn't he?
1: Sure, mate. Oh, mate. Yeah. He's, he's a very, once you start learning and listening to stuff, he's, he definitely deserves a lot of respect. He's a, mm. yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. Yeah.
0: He's well um, loved over there. Eh?
1: Yeah. And yep. I don't know if that's around the world, but he should be cause he's bloody Awesome. And yeah, Stanley road is a, is a superb album. Every song, superb. And from start to finish, uh, the next song I chose on the album is, um, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and when I say things on the show, I, I don't, I don't say them lightly, you know. I do a lot of real thinking about this sort of stuff, but I think this may be one of the best song, love songs ever written. Bam! Yeah, right. come on, hook so, it up, big hook
0: words. it up, big words, big words, big words. Big, hook it up, big
1: words. Hold on to your pants, man. Here it comes.
6: do something to me Something deep inside hanging on the wire For love I'll never wonderful. Chase it all away. Mixing my emotions throws me back again. Hanging on the wire. for the change I'm dancing through the fire just to catch a flame for
1: And that's Paul Weller, You Do Something To Me yeah.
0: nice. I've totally
2: forgotten about that song, what an awesome song I'm going to have to go and stuff that like
0: Yeah, same way. Yeah, yeah. Please, this has been quite to... a. Yeah, damn. I'm loving this.
1: Yeah, this it's a it's a superb album. Um, yeah. I mean, isn't it funny that you go through your life and you meet these sort of mm-hmm. these characters, right? Mm-hmm. And they they chuck something at you, and you're like, "Oh, fuck off, mate!" And you go and listen to <laughs> it, and you're like, "Oh,
0: what? <laughs> this guy? Maybe Tan was but, just looking for a bit of soul. You know, he sounded like he needed a bit of TLC."
1: Yeah. It's yeah, I mean, what can I say? It's uh I think he's just very underrated. He's an amazing musician, Paul Weller. He's a, a great ton. Oh <laughs> ton. he's he's not under he's not underrated. He's uh he's just a tan. But yeah, great, great piano player, uh pretty handy guitarist, great songwriter. Stanley mm. Road, Paul Weller, nineteen ninety five, you will not regret it.
0: Fabulous. Awesome. Oh, I'm, I'm going to seek that out. Thank you for that. Same here. Brilliant one. You're welcome. Glenn, yeah, you're up. All right. Uh, thanks, Martin. Uh, you guys have all chosen some quite amazing sort of singer-songwriter type. that super songwriters. Um, I'm not going to go and choose anything like that at all. In fact, I'm picking an album that I kind of think was a little bit underrated from the year 1995. Um, this, this album's called um, King for a Day, Fall for a Lifetime. And I'm going to play one of the singles from that, and it's called Digging the Grave. So, I'm, I'm reviewing um, Faith No More's album, um, King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime. Um, this is oh, an album that um, I didn't listen to at all in '95. In fact, I listened to a bunch of other ones. But you know what? Um, this is my favourite Faith No More album. That's certainly not my. One of my go-to sort of bands ever. Little
1: rebel you, Glenn. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, And my wife was a big, well, was a big fan back in the day. And this was one of those albums that um, um, she had, and I listened to. And um, it was one that she was like, no. Her and her mate came were like, no way, man. This album's that's one of the worst ones. And I actually think it's actually one of the best ones because of its weird diversity all over it. It came out after um, Angel Dust, which I had a bunch of big hits and things like that on in 92. But um, this one was delayed quite a bit because the band had a car crash. um, And one of the band members was friends with Cobain and um, Courtney Love and was pretty messed up by all of that. That went down in between. Um, And, you know, they were obviously, you know, A bit of a mess of a band, pretty much. I think that's a good description for them. Um, But they managed to get a couple of new members um, that joined them um, for this one. And those new influences helped create what they described as a real up in the air, what the fuck is going to happen, feel right while recording. Um, So it just came out with all these sort of things like that power pop thing there. There's thrashy stuff on there as well. it wasn't well received by the fans. The fans really didn't like it. Um, in comparison, they were all looking for something that they'd heard before or continuation of that. Um, however, you know, that they, they described it as bar- baroquely, nightmarishly weird. Um, um however, um Mike Patton is the singer and his voice um, had matured so much from sort of this sort of over the time. And I went and saw Faith No More in 97 and I was like, oh, I don't really want to go, but I went along and it was astonishing. Absolutely blew my brains out. They were that good. His voice was just brilliant. Um, and they had a whole range of different songs. You know, they had Easy, um, the cover of the Commodore's song um, and um, a, a bunch of other things. They even played uh, the theme from Midnight Cowboy too, which is quite glorious. So they're really eclectic, really strange, strange band. Um, But for for this particular album, I really like it. So I'm going to play another weird track. Um, And this one's got a bit of sort of gospel choir in it as well, which you wouldn't pick. So I'll I'll cue that up now. It's called um, Just a Man.
2: Lots of lust. What can we do? You mean? <laughs>
0: are dreaming about cloudy skies and Faith oh, more. i know if, that, if that's
2: genius or or, or just it's something on glenn they're taking the piss. it is it
0: is if <laughs> they i i would say that they're certainly not a band that actually takes themselves at all seriously yeah. not one not one bit glenn um, was
1: just dancing there for
3: all the listeners do
1: you do, know you know do your
0: own choreography bro I do, man.
3: He um, went to a yeah. Milli, <laughs> yeah. Milli Vanilli on us, didn't he? He was lip syncing like yeah, the best well, of them.
0: I, I, Like when you go to a show and you're not expecting <laughs> anything, and then suddenly this vocalist, I mean, seriously, the vocals on it are pretty powerful and pretty good, and he just comes out and just lays it down, eh? And it's like, whoa, seriously, you know when you're seeing a, a, a top-notch singer, mm. and my pattern certainly got it. Um, I nearly
1: reviewed that album. I listened to it last week. It's a really good album.
0: Yeah, it is. It's quite a decay Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah. Um, and one review described it as Pearl Jam on mushrooms. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> quite, quite true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I still put it on from time to time, and it still cracks me up. It still makes me smile, and um, it's got some good noise and rock and stuff, and you know, that can't ask for much more yeah so it's faith no more and king for a day fall for a lifetime awesome thank you for that yeah some some interesting so, choices tonight it was good um yeah mine was a bit <laughs> different compared to yours I'm thinking oh yeah. man that's all pretty pretty oh pretty classy oh, that's now. What it's now, all now. about right You're I,
1: I thought you were going to go pumpkins this and all the way nah, man you were pumpkins nah. bloody
0: mad when and that you, and came you, out. yeah and you know what now I I struggle with that particular album eh? Um, it could it only needs to be half a half a cd it was way way too long um, that Melancholy. And
1: yeah I used to hate it and now I um, love it
0: And now I listen to it and go oh what a whiny what a whiny <laughs> little bastard eh yeah. <laughs> fuck's sake and you know what i'd rather listen to something like this which doesn't take itself seriously whereas he took it way seriously i think he still does you know this is hilariously good fun in comparison so yeah i've changed but maybe i was just that sort of whiny teenager
1: you were but nobody wanted to tell
0: you mate i know i already knew that (laughs) i knew it i deep down knew it (laughs) so yes this is quite this is a nice antidote to it which i Mm -hmm. quite like
2: yeah well there you go listeners go and check all of those albums out (laughs) and um probably have a mental breakdown as a result (laughs) um so as as, uh yeah as i said it was kind of like it's an interesting year because it was it was so dominated in the singles charts with the hip-hop and and the r&b scene yeah, so to know that there was albums of this kind of quality out there at the time is, you know, it's
0: interesting. I think, I think those albums, those ones out there, like the TLC one and others, um, you know, they were all class and mm. and rightly so. It's just that I was a skinny white boy from Carpety, um at had no Still connection <laughs> yeah. I, used, I used to be i used to be one of those yeah and, who, and we, we grew up in the suburbs i mean it was very hard to yeah. sort of relate to some of that stuff um whereas i could definitely relate to whiny pumpkin stuff um about you know
1: i think it's interesting the we- dynamic right of the music looking back now because i think 95 and 96 i just remember lots of events and things happening and going places and doing things we, i was doing things and on the go a little bit in life and i just remember radio was really really big like the, all the hits came on the radio totally. it was maybe we more stream stuff now right totally. we get a bit mm-hmm. picky and choosy and um, but radio was massive, you know. Um, Alanis was all over the radio. Oh, yeah,
0: I definitely you know. like her stuff at the time, but again, the production yeah. on that album is just ghastly.
1: But you I'm getting back to what Martin was saying. you I think you're right, it was this kind of it was a hits kind of a era time, wasn't it? A lot of hits coming out, boom, boom, boom a lot boom, of hits,
2: boom. a lot of very, very expensive and very flashy videos. You know, it's the time of yes. life, michael and janet doing scream and yes. all of that kind of stuff you know there it, it was big money being spent on videos at that time
7: yeah um, well that, the tfc who can,
2: one
3: who can remember the big hoo-ha that michael jackson did for his history album which was launched that year
2: yes um, the statues the, and the massive <laughs> massive
3: yeah 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 um I don't, I, I went down to Platinum Records and Coast. No, was it Platinum Records? Or... It was one of those yeah, shops. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah you're, Records right. Or you're right. right. And, yep. and bought, bought the album and they gave, they gave away this massive, a would have been a two poster, which I ended up giving to Mackie because he had a mate back at university. That was in Michael Jackson nut. And so I gave it to, I gave it away. Um, but it was, it was a very fancy poster and they were giving these things away. And it was just, yeah, it was a big, I think it was a double album, wasn't it?
0: History, I think. Mm, yeah. yeah, it had, it had um, the yeah. best, had a best of and then some other thing, on it?
3: It was huge. And you're right, the amount of money that, that was thrown at that,
0: those sorts of... Um, it had that ghastly earth song on it. Promotional. Yeah, yes. yeah it did have that. It had, um,
3: did it have that Beatles come together? Did he do it? Oh, it?
0: yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, he did that. Because he owned, it, he owned is... it,
3: didn't he? He owned the back catalogue
0: mm, yeah. at the time. You didn't have to pay for it i wish he mm. had yeah, and one the one with sense. um
2: uh did it have the one with eddie murphy in the video as
0: well don't know egyptian one jarvis cocker oh, went up yeah. on stage and tackled oh. him didn't he
2: no no he got on stage and and this was at the brit awards uh, yeah yeah got didn't he stage. do something Threw, threw a couple of V-signs up and then just basically went <laughs> up and rubbed his ass on stage. <laughs> While Michael, Michael was in, like, full God, God pose.
0: Yeah, he was, and like, and... He's like, <laughs> yeah. So Jarvis from Sheffield gets up there and goes, this is bullshit. You know, this is not British. Get out of here, you That's wanker. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was hilarious. That's right. I,
1: li- I like Michael Jackson. Lay I know off, you man. Lay we know, off. We
3: know you do.
0: There's it was, it
1: was a
2: bit much though because he was starting he got to the point where like he basically had a parade of like young kids coming well, up on stage and he was kind of healing them with his hands and stuff oh, yeah it went really? very Jesus and, and... he was
1: going through that paedophilia stage you know was, oh. Oh, oh. Thing, that's why
3: it? I didn't choose his album actually because I bought that album and that but then yeah I just I do struggle to reconcile all the all the allegations
0: um I, I look and that, that's an interesting point I still you know I still listen to Michael Jackson and you go actually you know what do you, you have to try and divorce yourself from that stuff because all those players and all those good songwriters that helped him on those things deserve the respect eh? so I just remember having, how I
1: do it. I remember feeling really lucky because I definitely had that album and I had a car did you guys have a car at that time no no you no. had a car
3: I remember that
0: car you that were a car. legend you were a legend because you had a car.
1: I did. And the car only had a tape player. Mm. But I was really, really happy because around that time I could buy a tape cassette that would push in and it had a little wire that you could plug into a Sony Walkman Whoa. CD. And that was every time you we went over a bump, it skipped a bit. But yeah. they, they <laughs> call still those pretty cool.
3: And um, Walkman CDs, they're called Discman's just Discman. If I had a discman, thanks, man.
1: It was good times. It'll never. Thanks, Dave. (laughs)
2: All right, let's get into movies, shall we? Mm -hmm. It's that time of the evening. We need to get into our movies. Mm. Uh, So we'll go round again. So, David, um, got a movie for us? I do. Why are you watching with all
3: that shit? All right. Hey,
2: look. Where's your couples? I don't
4: have
0: one.
4: You mean don't have eighty thousand dollars for this car, and you ain't got no damn cup holder?
5: It's hundred and five thousand dollars, and this happens to be one of the fastest production cars on the planet. See what the sixteen four seconds, sweetie. This is a limited edition. You damn right it's limited. No cup holder, no back seat,
4: just a shiny dick with two chairs in it. I get <laughs> <it's> Dragging <laughs> the fuck along.
0: Is that is that Martin Lawrence? <laughs> is that Martin Lawrence? There? What
3: you gonna do? What you gonna do? When they come for you. Bad boys, bad boys. Oh Say what you want about Will Smith and Slappity He's
0: good. He's good, man. He oh, was awesome in sla- this. Yeah, he's been great in lots of things. Yeah, this is a good film.
3: It's his big uh big um debut on the big screen. So he was doing fresh Prince at the time that this was made. Um and Actually, it was Michael Bay's big first big movie too. Oh, so really? We're talking really, Bad Boys, nineteen ninety-five.
0: Oh yeah. no, Michael
3: Bay! Michael Bay oh, Transformers no. man. Oh no, Michael Bay! That's Awful, why there's a lot bloody... of slow-mo shit and bloody there's heaps of that slow-mo. Every scene is slow-mo. Slow-mo. you
2: know, there's also a lot of <laughs> slow-mo booty shots in there as well. Oh, totally. <laughs>
0: totally oh, well. a slow Michael Bay knows his target market I suppose Yeah.
3: Well, this was made on this was made on uh, 19 million dollars which back in the so day
0: the, so was... this may have actually curbed some of his excesses so that's pretty oh, good totally
3: so, so okay nice. in context 19 million bucks in 1995 it brought on 140 million his next movie Bad Boys 2 he went nuts with the budget and it flopped.
0: I that happens.
3: Yeah, 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 and you know yeah. why? Well, I don't know why. Actually, I know My, why. Will Smith, Wallace, Smith, Martin Lawrence improvised most of um, most of Bad Boys because uh, Bay couldn't afford a proper scriptwriter, <laughs> and in fact gave up about a quarter of his own salary to try and fund some scenes that weren't actually originally. Um, you know budgeted for it was yeah. it was you know for the time and for the you know you got a couple of sort of well will smith particularly you know he was big on the tv but really hadn't done anything on the silver screen so yeah they had they they made up a lot of it as they went and um and it kind of shows, and it sort of works too um
0: yeah it would that I chemistry between hired... them. so who did they hire for the next lot like, bunch of white guys <laughs> no, yeah,
3: they, they <laughs> no, they were both they were both in the next one, but it was just big Hollywood production with uh, fucking script writers, the writers
0: up. ruined it, Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I love this film. I watched it in the cinema when it came out in '95, and same. Um, I thought it was, it was just. Um, and I watched it the other day because I got the Blu-ray, and it's, it's okay. Um, it's a bit. It's it's still it's very dated in terms of its reference to references to homosexuals and stuff like that, right? It sort of wouldn't mm. made wouldn't be made in the same way today, but it's kinda of the time and certainly um uh yeah. yeah.
2: I, it's funny it's funny you should say that, because have you seen the third one? The one no, that they yeah. can't go came on oh, with the other God. year? Oh, well, they're they both
1: gay they're all gay in it.
2: No, but it was <laughs> <laughs> it was like a time warp. It was like <laughs> Political correctness has not happened. Like, it was the same gags still. Oh, <laughs> <just> like... no, <laughs> really?
0: Like... Yeah. No character yeah. development in third twenty years. No, no. Oh god, that's so bad. Yeah, it it, it
3: yeah, it's not one that I'll yeah, it was good at the time, absolutely, loved it when I came out.
0: Um, Martin mm-hmm. Lawrence, I remember first seeing him in a movie called, uh, did, you, did you guys see House Party? Yes. Oh, God, oh, yeah. Yeah. that was a shocker. <laughs> yeah, that, but they're that still funny, yes, and I really like them. Um, but yeah, he was in that, and he was that smelly guy, and then it, suddenly he's up on that big screen. <laughs> House it's Party one bad... and
3: two. I remember watching that yeah. at Randall's. He loved that that movie. I
0: like that stuff a lot. Oh, um God. I remember seeing it on Sky and going, Oh yeah. House <laughs> party's a good fun.
3: So look, mine's not gonna be all that um <laughs> it's not that informative, Martin. Sorry. It's uh it was a lot of fun. Bad boys, um, what you gonna do? Check it out if you haven't. And I had have that huge
2: um shy guy song. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: had a that bit of a massive. soundtrack. Soundtrack yeah. to it. Um yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Launched I guess career. that was kind of when, the, when there was kind of a bit of a rain on, um, uh, Michael Bay. Because yeah, definitely, it's like the more money kind of got thrown in to like yeah. make these things, The
0: worst movie has got. Yeah, you know, it was like made. it was like the first
3: John Woo movie, right? These guys, Oh, the yeah, first... John Woo, yeah, John Woo, Michael Bay, they're all same. You know, they sort of they they have a. I don't know their signature, but then they just thrash it to death, and it, you just like it becomes very predictable. Hey,
0: face Off would have to be one of the candidates for one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> so, Nick, Nick, Nicolas Cage. So bad.
2: Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So bad.
0: Isn't that a John Woo movie as well? I'm sure it is. Oh, I, no, think, so. Mission, yeah, I think so. And Mission Impossible, whatever too, it was. Oh,
7: amazing. no. Yeah
2: so bad oh. he has a thing with doves right that's his trademark isn't it yeah <laughs>
7: there's
2: a white dove in all of his movies or something right? Yeah. but he did do that brilliant one before it which was um hard-boiled you seen hard-boiled no,
0: no no all
2: right that one i don't actually do recommend you go and see because it, it's just batshit crazy action um a great fun action movie yeah. Oh. The tagline for it was more exciting than a dozen diehards. I probably <laughs> <even> actually <laughs> agree with <that>. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that yeah.
3: Is me, Martin. Awesome.
2: Alright, thanks for that <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, moving on from that. So I've gone a little bit um a little bit different to that. I've gone with of a sci-fi movie and there's also a time travel movie. Uh and it's also Kind of like a s well, it's got ecological themes going through it as well. Um, oh, no. so um, no, not Avatar, you're about
0: 20 years too early. <laughs> oh, no, is it, is it? Oh, can I guess? Is, is it Waterworld? No, <laughs> no, no.
2: <laughs> but funny enough, like Waterworld does actually play a part in this movie. All right, um, yeah um so i've actually gone for a movie that was based on a french short film called *Le jetty i think i said that right maybe not i don't know uh and um it was directed by um well the remake was directed by terry gilliam of monty python fame. Oh, and it's called great. 12 monkeys
0: oh i remember this this was great Trey's yeah. bon yeah yeah this was
2: bonkers uh, it's bon. a nuts film yeah it's a very very strange film <clears throat> It's, it's quite, it's, it's kind of non-linear in its storyline. So it's quite hard to actually follow what's going on because it does kind of leap from one time period to another time period quite rapidly and with no real explanation as, as to kind of what time you're actually in. <laughs> um, but um, it stars Bruce Willis and uh, Brad Pitt. Um, and um, the film, um, yeah, Terry Gilliam um, basically said, I will make this movie for you to Universal Pictures for $29.5 mm. million, dollars, and which a half. is pretty low for a sci-fi film at that time. Mm. And he said, I will guarantee that it will hit that budget and it won't go over. And um, and this was the man who, his prior film was called Baron, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, which went so far over budget in Lily Baker the studio. <laughs> wow. But in fairness, he said $25, 9500000 and he did bring it in on budget. Amazingly, he brought it in on budget. And part of the reason he managed to do that was that the film was delayed, and, and Universal wouldn't um, cough up the dough to actually get the film made because they just made another little film called Waterworld, <laughs> which cost quite a lot of money that was a didn't flippant. make a whole lot no that was shocking <laughs> <return. laughs> um, so um mm-hmm. so as a result yeah the film got delayed um and as a result of that um um gilliam managed to kind of um persuade bruce willis to take a pay cut to, to help get it made um but then quite uh quite sneakily think gilliam got some points from the box office take for it so like pretty much basically recouped that money money for himself but uh yeah bruce willis kind of missed out a little bit with this one um in terms of casting um brad pitt um gilliam didn't want brad pitt for the movie um basically didn't know who he was at the time he wasn't a star it was before he kind of had any had any hits um but managed to get, uh, got convinced by the casting director, Now give this guy a chance, I think he's a good actor. Um, Then while the film was being made and upon its release, interview with the vampire, Legends of the Fall and Seven came out and basically catapulted Brad Pitt into like uh, A-list pretty much overnight. And as a result, the box office for this was pretty big. Um, (laughs) Totally drew people in to see Brad Pitt Pitt. yeah Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt also won a Golden Globe for his performance as best supporting actor Um, and he is brilliant I've got to say he does kind of like wipe the floor with Bruce Willis in it Um, he does a really really impressive crazy (laughs) <laughs> including going like cross-eyed at one point i'm not sure if you actually did that for a visual effect but it's amazing to watch it's like that's really weird and freaky how you've kind of done that
0: um but he's anyway. brilliant
5: he's, he's brilliant in it yeah.
2: Is, yeah yeah Brad's yeah.
0: all right eh? he's good yeah.
1: he's a good actor i reckon he is yeah i agree yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. underrated in my book yeah um and, um, yeah, it, it's it's a cool movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to kind of spoil where it kind of ends up. But um, definitely one to worth, worth a watch. But make sure you watch it when you're not sleepy or you've had a few beers. Like, you need to be, <laughs> like, on your game with this one. Because, as I say, a bit convoluted with the plot. Um, but it's gorgeous to look at, like most Terry Gilliam films. And, um, yeah, and Brad Pitt and, and Bruce Willis, in fairness, do give really good turns in that as well. So, yeah, nice. 12 months.
0: Yeah, movie. it was fun.
2: Cool. Okay, Ian, got one for us.
1: Yeah, I, I've got a movie. I actually reviewed the same movie as David Chan, so I've been sneakily just oh, are you serious? another one.
7: Ah. Yeah, That's I did. Cool. No, you can, you
1: can and I'm really like glad you. you chose that because I've just, I've just found what a. What you gonna do? Well, <laughs> <laughs> windy review
0: you. for two. <laughs> well, we did this last week, didn't we? We got.
1: A yeah,
0: quite like the surprise yeah.
1: well I'm glad he chose that because it's actually made me realize that this year was this year was um was massive for me it's massive's not the word what's bigger than massive
0: humongous
1: Well, yeah, but a flasher word than that—double,
3: double, Uh, double massive, colossal, double massive, colossal. Oh, colossal!
1: This was a colossal year for me, and and, uh, I've forgotten. So, amongst the Paul Weller thing was pretty good, but this will blow your mind. Okay. So, the movie I have now uh, chosen—when I was drunk,
2: guy recommended to you. (laughs) (laughs) Drunk guy came. Uh,
1: Watch this you man fucking great.
2: Well, One time's worth
3: another. <laughs> time's on a roll, mate.:
1: During this age of uh, 1995 that we're discussing, I was uh, a working young man, and I was fed up, I was fed up. All my mates were at uni, and I was getting a bit fed up with life and stuff, and I was getting down, I was getting depressed. And um, I was working in a plumbing world place, I believe, at the time. Yeah, so, um, I remember at that time I served a guy who walked into the plumbing center and his name, I think was Brendan Lynch is definitely his last name was Lynch and, uh, Lynch plumbers. He came into the shop and he's just talking one day and he said, um, uh, I told him I played some guitar, really bad guitar. I was young and he said, oh man, I love Spanish guitar. And I said, oh, yeah, I really like Spanish guitar too. He said, oh, I'll just go and get you this album out of my van. And he gave me this album. And um, I took it home and listened to this album. And then I just got completely intrigued because the album starts with a guy narrating a story. And the guy narrating the story is a guy called Rob. James Waller, Robert James Waller is my favorite author, and he wrote a book called Puerto Bayata Squeeze, and he mentions this in this CD, right, and the link goes that Robert James Waller also wrote a book called The Bridges of Madison County, and that's the movie that I've chosen to review.
7: Oh, cute.
3: So So, there's a story for you. Was that your favorite book back then as well at the time?
1: That was my favorite book and I still have it. And here's a little clip of, uh, this is Lobo and Willie. Here you go. So
7: there you go.
1: And that, I know it's irrelevant to a lot of people, but my life at that point, I decided to then pack my bags shortly after and go and live in Spain and learn flamenco guitar. And that's what I did. And uh, life unfolded. And anyway, so the movie is called The Bridges of Madison County, Mm. and it's uh, based on the book by Robert James Waller. And it's a fantastic movie. It's a gut-wrencher and it's a love story if you like a good love story it's beautiful um i don't know if you've seen it guys it's got meryl streep and clint eastwood they're the two main characters in it Wow. No. and um no if you've it. never seen it oh yeah you gotta please go and watch it it's such a good movie and uh clint eastwood's role in it it's his acting and it's really Nice, because you're so used to him being a sort of hardball, you know, hard dude, sort of shooting shit up, and you know he's the total opposite of that, and he plays the part really, really well, and uh, yeah, so there's a massive link and connection there with that movie, um, The Bridges of Madison County, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's a romantic drama film. Uh, I can't say too much about it because it probably ruined it for everyone, but budget 22 million box office, 182 million. It was massive in the States. Um, yeah, a beautiful movie with a beautiful sort of story. So if you like beauty, go and, watch, go and listen to that and then get the Lobo and Willie album as well, that goes with it called Fandango nights. What an album. Nice.
0: Thanks. So- Fabulous!
2: I think I like your story better than. That. <laughs> 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 I want to see the movie of your story now. Yeah, I want to see you go. Your biography turn into yeah. You, know, you need to write oh, to do it first, but
1: that was the beginning. That's where life for me started. I, yeah. I got very down, and I decided to change the direction of my life. About two years later, I think I got. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's right. I, yeah, I worked I hard. I got,
1: yeah, I got three jobs, worked my nuts off for two years, and then. When?
2: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm. Okay, Glenn.
0: All right. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty hard to top it, actually. I think (laughs) this next film, um, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier around sort of that sort of zeitgeist of sort of the R&B and hip hop, etc. So I'm going to take you back to 95 with a movie called Friday. And Friday is a film um, starring um, oh, um, Ice Cube um, from a band called NWA. Yeah, um, yeah What quite does that un-
1: stand for, Glenn?
0: Yeah, you know what it stands for, everybody. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. <laughs> no, <And> I don't. <laughs> quite an infamous, infamous band. And um, it obviously went on to, you know, uh, an album called Straight Outta Compton and a whole bunch of stuff like that. And... Um, Before Friday's release, um, there were a whole bunch of movies like um, Boys in the Hood. Remember Boys in the Hood? Um, And Ice Cube Cube was in that one as well. And Colors um, was another film. All basically portraying the hood as the violence and sort of menacing sort of place. And um, Ice Cube and his mate called DJ Pooh were like, nah, man, it's not all like that at all. It's actually pretty funny. And actually those films are actually doing a bit of a disservice to the hood. And he said, you know, like, you know, we had lots of fun in the hood. We we used to love the neighborhood and they wanted to create a film um, that portrayed the lighter side of things.
1: I got so, my first gun. I tried heroin. <laughs>
0: I did well, start tagging. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll happen, cool well. stuff like that, man. Yeah. <laughs> So the idea was that, you know, Ice Cube wrote a script um, with some friends and effectively they said they wanted to make a a hood classic um, that could be watched over and over again. And it's sort of autobiographical, sort of following, um, you know, a bunch of the characters or created characters about some of the people that lived nearby growing up. And it's a really ridiculous film. Um, It follows one day um, in the life of two mates. Um, one of them owes money for his weed and um, gets his mate into trouble and they have to try and find the 200 bucks to pay the dealer, otherwise they get whacked. Um, so, I mean, you're going from Ian's lovely story into this ridiculousness. So yeah, because Scott stars um, Chris Tucker in it um, with one of his first roles um, and he was a. they wanted a comedian for the counterpart to um, Ice Cube um, a bit of a shift from Ice Cube. He was portrayed as sort of this real sort of dangerous, hardcore, sort of toughest man in America because of NWA and some of those other films like Boys in the Hood. Um, and they wondered whether or not an audience would respond to him as in this sort of comic sort of delivery and uh, proved actually pretty good. He was made with only like three and a half million and it engrossed at 27. Um, um, so not bad return on its investment so um what i'm gonna do Has any of you have you guys seen this film before
2: no. i think so
0: thanks <laughs> so well no. i'm gonna try something i um,
2: might be getting it mixed up with barbershell
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> now your mama told me what
2: happened to you yesterday how the hell are you gonna get fired on your day off
5: I just don't know. Come here. What's so up, Big palm. I mean, Big wine. If you ain't got my money, I'm killing you and him. You don't drag me into this. I'm used to stealing her. Get in get out. Here come Debo. Give me your stuff. You want me to ask for my bike back? What bike? The one I let you use a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that bike. Hey! Count on my money. 40, 60, 80, 120, 140. I don't think you're applying yourself, Smokey. Wow. Claude oh, Hambers. Just give me three and a half minutes. Maybe even four. Hey, who's that? Oh uh, no. Slide by. What's going on? I don't know. It sounds like machine guns. So you gonna loan me the money or
2: not?
3: I wouldn't feel comfortable lending you two hundred dollars without a job.
2: If I was working, I wouldn't need two hundred dollars. Exactly. Now Dana told me about that big snake situation. Big worm. Big worm. Big hole. Big. I don't give a damn.
5: I said They hit I'm gonna kill you and Smokey. You need a job. You need a wig. Oh. <gasps> Get some bye, thing bye. Damn! Ball. What you looking at with that girl for? Talking about she look like Janet Jackson. Control. Got out the car looking more like Freddie Jackson. Oh my back, my neck, I'm suing y'all. I want a dollars but I'll set out of court right now for twenty bucks. Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, Bernie Mac, Johnny Witherspoon, Tiny Zeus Lister, and me along Friday. Don't ever, ever. Come by here,
6: okay?
0: It's quite a different sort of portrayal of the the hood, which is, um, you know, it's got all that sort of humour in it. Um, And I think it's been really influential. There were three other or two other movies that came afterwards, next Friday and the Friday after next, all focusing on one day and some bizarre adventures. Um, And sort of with all these really cool over-the-top characters yeah so yeah nothing sophisticated here no bridges over madison county this is um straight out of compton eh excellent
1: nice Good.
3: love it
0: Good. yeah yeah That's it is right. it's, it's, it's hilarious i love it so ian have you seen that before man
1: yeah i have seen it it was only about two or three years ago as well very funny movie yeah very funny i don't know about the the second and third I don't think it would hold. I don't think it would hold much after that first one. But that guy who plays the dad, oh he's yeah, so John funny.
0: Yeah, he oh. is. He he is brilliant. He, oh. it's, yeah, just yeah. I've seen him in other things, and I'm sure he was in a house party as well. Um, Maybe yeah. Yeah. So he he's
1: he just very pops funny up. actor. Very funny. Yeah.
0: So yeah, it was good, and um, that humor was sort of influential in games like. Um, did anyone play grand theft auto san andreas mm-hmm. um yeah that that whole sort of storyline set in the same sort of place really unusual funny characters as well as the sort of the serious stuff GTA. Like <laughs> yeah man just love it all eh? it's all good <sighs> and that's my pack thank you that's awesome um yeah okay so some pretty diverse choices
2: there today <laughs> it's good stuff um, um well uh, brings us to the end of our, uh, our episode tonight. Um, I hope you've enjoyed 1995 half as much as we have. That's um awesome. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah it was times. fun. Fun times. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you all next week um, for another episode. Um, so tune in next week for Movies, Music and Madness. Good night.